Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. My name <laughs> is Deacon Nadoli. You all right, mate? Yes. I'm oh. just so happy to see you. And I'm Lee Campbell. And this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. Today we are talking to our friend Kylie Camps. We've got her back. She is the founder and director of The Fray and The Kind Parenting Company. And we're going to chat to her all about single parenthood. And this week we decided to try something a little different at the end of the show. We've been asking you guys for your nails and fails and you've come through with the goods. So we're going to share some of those. Kylie is mum of twin boys and, as the founder of The Fray, is a fountain of knowledge on all things parenting, being a certified infant and child sleep consultant. Kylie, welcome back to the show. We're so excited to chat to you again. And this week we're talking about single parenthood. So plenty of parents go through this transition and yet I feel like there's not a lot of information or guidance out there. Yeah, Lee, I think that there is definitely a lack of guidance and a lack of conversation on the topic. And I think ultimately that comes back to the fact that there's still a lot of stigma around families breaking up. And there's still a lot of shame about becoming a single parent. You know, even the language we use, it's a broken family, it's a failed marriage. Mm. No one wants it to happen. And I think also when you're in a partnership, you are aware potentially it could happen to you and you kind of just want to look away and not even consider what someone's going through. It's just a really uncomfortable thing for a lot of people. Mm. And also not just for obviously the two people going through the breakup, but for the families involved mm. and the kids and the partners. And, you know, I think you're right in terms of you going through it and the families, what resources are there Yeah, yeah, to help you navigate that for you yeah. and your family. What are some of the challenges that nobody tells you about when you are trying to co-parent? Oh, that can be a very long <laughs> list. How long have we got? Yeah. Get comfortable. <laughs> it really can vary. For some people, their difficulty in co-parenting could be that one parent won't allow their child to take something that they've bought to the other house or that they get really anal about things that they've purchased. You know, there have been moments where I'm running around the house looking for a sock that I've got to return. And I'm like, it's just a sock. Yeah. You know, like those sorts of things can be difficult, but that's on the lighter scale. Mm. I think sometimes we can expect that if we're in a difficult or controlling relationship, that when we exit it, 
we will have freedom from that. But when you are co-parenting, there are still a multitude of ways that someone can impact you. And some people will still use children to impact the other parent. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge in co-parenting is if you are trying to co-parent with someone who is trying everything not to co-parent with you because it is just exhausting. Yeah. Mm. And I guess, you know, being a parenting podcast, that conversation that you do have with your kids when you've decided to separate, can you share any personal wisdom or advice of what to do or not what to do when you sit the kids down? Look, every family is so different. And I know that's such a cliche and one of those annoying answers. I think it can be really valuable to seek your own guidance from a qualified family therapist. I think it's important to be consistent and clear and not ambiguous. You know, don't leave the door open. Don't tell your children dad's going on a holiday or mum's going here or there. Being clear is being kind. If you can tell the children together, I think that that is ideal. I also think letting them know that they can talk to you about it Mm. is really important. And that can be hard because when you're going through a breakup yourself, sometimes you don't want someone to keep bringing it up. You don't want your children to keep bringing it up, but just letting them know that they can come and talk to you Mm. is important. And this is obviously about the kids, but also I wanted to ask about you. You know, you're also going through heartbreak and you're trying to protect your kids. And I think if it was to happen in my marriage, all my friends are married. What happens then to your friendship circle? Do people make you feel welcome? Do you feel left out? You know, there's so much going on at once. How did you handle all that? There are so many layers of grief that happen when you go through a breakup. You're grieving for the everyday situation that you are losing. You're grieving for the future that you thought was guaranteed. And you do grieve those shared times and those shared friendships, circles and moments and family, you know, like you're part of someone else's family. And then you often, not for everyone, but often you lose that as well. Mm. And it's really, really difficult. I think particularly noticing the divide happen with friends is challenging. And I guess just being respectful of what you bring up. I think that's the one thing, you know, if you're spending time with someone that is a shared friend, just don't go there, you know, just keep that conversation for someone else that is separate from that person and don't put your friends in a difficult situation. Yeah, that's really respectful. And what are some of the ways that we can help our kids get used to the idea that mum and dad aren't going to be living together anymore? I think having a lot of conversations with them and allowing there to be space for their feelings, not minimizing their feelings. I know with my boys, I never said to them, it's going to be the same. I would say, yes, it's going to be different. We are going to have a new normal. I also think something that we can all do for our kids, whether we're going through a separation or not, is to have discussions with our children from a young age, read books with our children from a young age about different family dynamics talk about, you know, same-sex couples, talk about blended families, talk about single parents so that it's not such a foreign concept for them to have a different way of being in their life. Yeah. I also think routine and consistency is really comforting for children. You know, even when they're pushing back on it, having a routine and having some structure between the two different houses. I also remember in the early days, like my boys were just under five but having a bit of a transition period. So when they would come home from dad's, we'd go for a walk, we'd go to the park, like just having some sort of 
structural transition periods that they could then rely on yep, seem yep. to make things easier for them because they go through whiplash as well. Mm. And so do we as parents, you know, one mm. moment we've got our children with us and then the next moment they're not with us. And it mm. feels like whiplash. You know, I remember in the early days finding that 5 to 7 p.m. window when the boys were at their dad's so incredibly challenging. Like I would yeah. just sit in the bath and cry because I'm like, for the last four years, I've been doing these things. Yeah. Yes. What do I do with myself? Yes. Yeah. So transition periods for yourself as well as a single parent. What do you do when the kids go? What do you do when the kids come back? All mm. of that can be helpful. I wanted to ask your opinion, and this can be a bit controversial. It came to mind because I was recently at a barbecue. We've got friends that are divorced, both friends with both of them. And someone was saying to the father, gosh, you're such an amazing single dad, blah, blah, blah. And he is. He really is. But on the flip side, I know no one says that to the single mom because she just... It's expected. Yeah. yeah you just got to deal with that. No shade to this couple. They're both wonderful people. They're co-parenting wonderfully. But the praise for the single dad I thought mm. was really interesting. What are your thoughts on the single dad stereotype versus the single mum stereotype? There is such a gap. There is <laughs> such a gap. I think often just in the eyes of society, single mums, single women are looked down on. And I guess that's to do with the patriarchy and misogyny. And we could go back hundreds and hundreds of years and get into the minutiae of women, <laughs> women needing a man to feel validated, but it still exists now, mm -hmm. even to the point where now that I do have a partner in my life, people respond so much more positively to me. Mm. And it is so frustrating. Mm. But there is definitely a gap between the single mum and the single dad because single dad takes child to park. Amazing. Yeah. Well Superhero. done. Hero. Is, isn't he incredible? Single dad makes dinner for child. Amazing. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, I definitely can see the gap. But I can also see the gap in couples, right? You know, like dad takes two kids to swimming lessons and every mum and every man and their dog think that he is just a hands-on hero. <laughs> a bee's knees. What a good dad. That is so true. It's, yeah. yeah, it happens in happy marriages too. Yeah. It's people's perception. Yeah, so that is the one thing that continues after you separate too, I guess. Lastly, we've got one more question for you. Do you have any tips on how parents can prepare their little ones for having two homes and going between two places. Do you have two sets of everything? <laughs> well, she's got twins, so well, yes. <laughs> so do you have four sets of everything? <laughs> We've got a million sets of everything. Look, I think it can absolutely be a really difficult time when kids are getting used to having two homes. I think the language that you use is important. So I will say to the boys, your house with dad, your home with dad, not dad's place. It is your home too. Mm. You have a right to feel comfortable in your bedroom and I'll talk to them about what their bedroom's like at dad's and make it feel like it's kind of an extension of our home as much as I possibly can. I think it's important when children are going from house to house that we assist them in being responsible for their special things. You know, if they have a special comforter, mm. their school bags, whatever it might be, assist them by creating a checklist. It could be a visual checklist that they have so that they know at the end of the time with dad, they get that checklist out and they're like, oh, yep, I've got you know, for one of my little boys, it's a monkey called Shark. I've got Shark the monkey. I've got the book that I'm oh. reading. That can be helpful for them as well so that they can develop that autonomous responsibility so that it's less nagging from yes. mum and dad. <laughs> and, you know, you can do checklists for younger children too with little pictures as well. That can be really nice. I think 
just the consistency across two homes is important where that's possible. You know, eating dinner at the same time, bedtime is the same. It can be really challenging if one parent allows the kids to sleep in bed, but the other parent doesn't. So as consistent as possible across the two houses is ideal, I think. Yeah, there's some great tips in there. Well, Carly, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Thank you. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Nailed it. You failed it. I had a parenting fail today. I thought I smelt some poo and I obviously wasn't thinking because instead of doing the sniff test to double check, I decided to stick my hand in my son's nappy to check. Turns out I was right. There was poo in his nappy. My kids love to help with the vacuuming. They're always fighting over who gets to hold the vacuum cleaner when I'm doing the vacuuming. So my parenting nail was to buy them a real vacuum cleaner instead of toy ones to play with. So now when they're playing, I get the house cleaned. My four-year-old has been doing this delightful thing recently where she will slam doors when she is angry. And my parenting fail, I'm ashamed to admit, would be I would chase after her and I would shout things like, come back here, we don't slam doors in this family, that's rude, what's the matter? And I sat down and realised that it obviously triggered something in me whenever she did this. So I went online, did some research, and a lot of things came up that said, look, let's connect rather than correct. So last week when this happened, I took a breath and I gave her a minute or myself more so a minute to calm down before I went to her room and I knocked on her door and said, can I please come in? And she said, no. (laughs) I said, that's fine. I sat down outside her door and I said, that's okay. I'm here whenever you need me. I'm ready to give you a hug. Yeah, and I'm here for you. And so, you know, about five minutes later, she invited me in. And we talked through it. I focused on her pain rather than the action that she did when she was in pain. And I think that made a huge difference because her behavior since then has not just with that act, but her behavior in general, I've noticed, has been more calm. She's not as tense or reactive. This is now a safe space for her to learn pain and anger management and know that when she is in pain, I'm here for her. My parenting fail for the week has to be the fact that on a beach day with the family, you know, I packed everything, had a huge bag filled with water bottles, snacks, everyone's rashies, the sunscreen, etc., hats, got down to the beach, realised I had forgotten my six-year-old's board shorts. He wasn't very happy with me and was a little bit mortified that I sent him into the water in his undies, but he still had a good time and I don't think anyone noticed. My parenting nail has to be the fact that I was finally a little bit useful with my preteen, my 12-year-old son and his homework. 
Now he's at high school, I'm just finding I am not helpful at all with the maths. It's well beyond my capabilities. So it was great this week. He had a project. He was using Canva, which is like a design piece of technology. And I was able to sit next to him, show him how to use it. And I felt really helpful. And he said, thanks, mum. And it was a lovely little moment of bonding between us. So I'd been talking to my husband about the very annoying birds who'd been taking little random pecks out of the fruit in our strawberry patch. They're not eating the whole thing, just leaving them mostly intact, but with holes enough that we couldn't eat them. So I was really frustrated with them and I'd been talking to my husband about it. But not long after, I took my then two-year-old daughter out into the garden to harvest some strawberries one day and they had all been bird pecked to some degree, which was incredibly annoying. And then my daughter turns around, she shakes her head and says, clear as a bell, she's two years old, f*** birds. And it just reminded me that they are always listening. I've recently been trying to teach my daughter the value of money because I realised when she was at school she couldn't really identify how the money worked because we don't use actual money anymore, it's all digital. And so we set up like a an app for her pocket money and she's got her own debit card so she does jobs and ticks them off and then that money goes into her card for her to spend. And then it clicked with her that if she does her jobs more and more regularly, then she gets more money and then she can buy stuff with that money. Literally this morning, she got up, made her bed, turned off her lights, opened the blinds, made her lunch for school today. She brushed her hair, got into her uniform, put her socks and shoes on, got her bag ready, and I did not have to ask her even once. So we'll wait to see if that happens at the end of the day where she has to empty her lunchbox and get changed out of her uniform, but nailed it this morning. And that brings us to the end of the app. Thank you for listening to this glorious mess. Get in touch with us, tgm at mamamia.com.au and join our parenting group, Mamma Mia Family. And don't forget to leave us a review. We love reviews. We do. This episode was produced by Claire O'Halloran. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. 